This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. Hey, NASCAR fans, welcome back to another episode of All Turns No Breaks with Tam and Renee. I'm Renee, she's Tam. Hello. Hello, Miss Tam. I'm not going to even ask how your weekend is because. We know if you listened to the episode last week, you should have listened to the episode last week. <laughs> Renee is in Las Vegas for EDC. He is out there partying. He is still there, but he took the time out of his busy partying schedule to talk some NASCAR with your girl, Tam. Renee, what's up That's with right. you? That's right. Now, you know what? I don't think I've slept in about five days, but I'm going to be okay. I'm going to get to this podcast. <laughs> Renee, you'll be uh, okay. You are a professional partier. So when you are a professional person who parties every weekend, you got this. Yeah, no kidding. You know what? And that's so funny because I think for about as much of uh, you know a lot of these concerts and festivals that I go to, or even just being on the road doing comedy and stuff, it's amazing how you stick to responsibilities and you make it happen. It's always nice to uh, be able to continue and uh, do this podcast each and every week. Well, I'm glad you're here with me. And before you even ask, my weekend was not as eventful as your weekend, but I did get out on Friday night. Me and my friend Angie, we decided to kind of hang out. We went to Nas, Nas the rapper. I'm sure you guys know he has the Hennessy commercial. He's actually probably one of the legendary hip hop artists, but he has a restaurant here in Los Angeles that sells chicken and waffles. So we went to go check out Nas's restaurant. And from there, we went to a spot called EP and LP and it's two levels. EP is the one level was well, actually on the second level because you go upstairs and they sell more of a Southern Asian cuisine. And then LP, which is the top, it's a rooftop bar that overlooks Hollywood. So that was pretty cool. I will say I did not have a great time because although the food was great, my waffle was cold. Who wants a cold waffle? I don't know, not me. Yeah. And then when we I got know, so Yeah, and when we got to the second spot, I don't know, like back in the day when you would go out, people talked. It was so clickish. Yeah. And I thought it was just me and my friend Angie, but as we were getting on the elevator to leave, this one guy, he was like, what are you guys doing the rest of the night? And I said, I guess we're taking it in. And he said, well, I did not have a good time. This guy just lit in and started talking. And I said, well, where are you from? He said, I'm from Park City, Utah. He was like, yeah, people here in LA is just clickish. And I said, yes, the Hollywood way. He was like, you know, we came out, we thought we would meet some people and talk. I said, yeah, that's exactly the conversation we had. With all that being said, your girl Tam finally went out on the weekend and I actually remember <laughs> what I did and it was blah. I tell you what, real quick, and then we'll jump into some NASCAR top. Speaking of hip hop, I know everybody around the world has heard that DJ Khaled got booed off stage. And I'll be honest with you, I was at that set. I was at that stage when it happened. It was brutal from one entertainer to another. I'll be honest with you, Tam. I hate to see any other performer not have a good set and especially get booed off stage. But whether or not he should have been there or not, it's not the point. First of all, he was late, but it just seemed weird that he was there at that kind of event, especially with a lot of EDM music. 
But I really felt bad for the guy. I mean, it was really, really bad. And I mean, for a guy like that, I'm sure he'll bounce back and hopefully, you know, things will look up for him. <laughs> well, but it was just really bad. Renee, the real question is, is that do our listeners even know who DJ Khaled is? That's what I was thinking the you whole know time what? you were talking. <laughs> okay, I'm sure that's, that's most true. of you guys don't know, but he's the guy who always says, we the best. He has a couple of commercials. He has some actually commercials that you wouldn't even think he would have. They're like national yeah, commercials. But while yeah, that being really said, are. if you don't know who DJ Khaled is, don't worry. He's nobody. Exactly. You know, he's made a l- millions of dollars saying we the best. That's it. Yeah, he's crossed over. Much. You may <laughs> see him kicking it with Kim Kardashian on her app or he has made a name for himself across all genres. He just did not belong at a concert where people were playing electronic music and the fans let him know, kind of similar to how the fans let Kyle Bush know that they don't like him. <laughs> Right, exactly. So let's talk about somebody that our NASCAR fans do know, and that's how about that Kyle Larson? How about that Kyle Larson? Okay, jumping into Michigan, Kyle Larson, that guy right there, he is everything. He showed up and he showed out, and then he spinned out in victory lane. Okay, I'm jumping the gun, but I'm just going to put it out there. Kyle Larson to most people, memory was the first person ever to do his burnout in victory lane. How about that? Yep. Like he really burnt it down. DW yeah. was on the broadcast and he said, man, I don't think I ever seen this before. And for DW, as in Daryl Waltrip to say he never seen something before, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, Kyle, he, I mean, I don't know. I, I could go on and on and on, but he showed up. Oh, you know, let's start by saying one of the first thoughts that I had as I was watching the race was the comparison. Like, I feel like each week is Kyle Larson versus Kyle Busch, but it's also Kyle Larson versus Martin Truex Jr. And the reason why I right. say that is because Larson and Bush somehow, some way are always battling for the lead at some point during the race. And then Larson and Truex are not, not only always battling for the lead, but they're also battling for stage wins. So it's almost like nothing else matters each week. It's like sit back, grab your popcorn and watch the Larson and Bush show or watch the Larson and Truex Jr. show. Right. That's so true. And I was really happy that I think we've actually kind of come to a point where we can like maybe stop looking at Kyle Larson as just Mr. Number Two. I mean, he's really had a breakout year this year. I mean, he's got two wins. He's got countless of second place finishes. This guy is really just kind of taking over the whole young driver phenom thing. It's just, I mean, this kid is just unbelievable. It's just so talented. How many wins is this guy going to win, you know, when his career is over? So uh, could we see another Jimmy Johnson in the making? I don't know, but this kid is good, Tim. Jimmy Johnson in the making? I'm not quite sure about that. <laughs> Let him get his first championship and right, then right, we'll take right. it from there. Like you said, he's had multiple second place wins this season. He's actually, if I'm not mistaken, already has six second place wins. He sat on the pole at Michigan. Winning Michigan became his second win this season. Think about it. If he would have won just one of those second place finishes, okay, this is a tongue twister. Hopefully you guys are following me. He would have been tied with Jimmy Johnson. So maybe you have a point. Maybe he is a Jimmy Johnson in the making. 
Yeah. Who knows? I mean, well, it's just interesting how we, we've always had this conversation between Larson, excuse me, and uh, Chase Elliott. And I really honestly really thought at the, the whole beginning of this, even from last year when they were rookies, just that I just thought Chase Elliott had that certain something. And, and it seems like Kyle Larson is the one that had that certain something. And But I still believe Chase Elliott. He just needs to get that first win underneath his belt. And as soon as he gets it, I really honestly feel that that kid's going to be special too. He almost was there, but like Kyle Larson, yeah. he came in second. <laughs> yeah, okay, so really true. quick, our top 10 from Michigan. Larson, number one, after sitting on the pole. Chase Elliott came in second. Joy Logano, third. Denny Hamlin, fourth. Jamie McMurray, fifth. You know, let me just kind of interrupt the top 10 from Michigan really quick and say, Jamie McMurray may not be coming in first or second, but he surely is not letting the young guy get too far ahead of him because he's he's doing great. Like that, them as a team, Larson and, and Jamie McMurray, they're doing well. They're only a two-car team, but hey, Jamie's showing up. Okay, yeah. number six is Truex. And this is surprising because Martin Truex, he won both stages. What happened? How did he get back to six? Kyle Busch, seventh. Ricky Stenthouse quietly came in eighth. Your boy Dale Jr. Dale Jr. is finally bouncing back and he came in ninth. And Jimmy Johnson came in tenth. So not bad for the Hendrick guys because for a couple of weeks, the Hendrick team has not been doing well. To see three of the four drivers from Hendrick come home with top 10 finishes. That was actually pretty great. We already know Casey Kane. Uh, I think he's just on his way out. I, we're going to talk a little bit about him, I believe, later on this show. Nonetheless, just a few notables. Clint Boyer, who started P3, or actually, yeah, I believe he started P3. Or was it, I'm sorry, P6. It was either P3 or P6. But he uh, ended up finishing yeah. 26. And Ryan Blaney, he finished 25th. Dale Jr., who actually started 17th, we already talked about, finished 9th. So that wasn't bad. Just one other notable, Danica Patrick, she just seems to always be in the thick of it, no matter what, even when it's not her fault. And this time it wasn't her fault. She got caught up in an accident towards the end of the race and she ended up finishing dead last in, in 37 yeah. plays. And ironically, only 37 cars started the race this past weekend. Yeah, you know, i tell you something. I just want to point out something real quick before we move on is that I thought Joey Logano placing where he did, I thought that was huge because it seems like that's something that he probably really, really needed. I think finishing like that maybe might help him from here on out through actually the rest of the year to get out of that funk of whatever he was in. And uh, hopefully he can he can start getting back into his, maybe not his winning ways of winning, winning ways. I don't mean like winning all the time, but just getting back to where we're used to seeing him is, is which is exactly where he's at in the top 10. Yeah, well, we'll see how it all unfolds. And just one correction, Boyer did start in P3 and Blaney started in P6. So Boyer yes. started P3 and finished 26th, and Blaney started P6, and he finished 25th. But one thing I do want to say, I recall at one point during the race, all the young guys, it was like Larson, Elliott, and Blaney were running P2, P3, P4, or something like that. And I was like, good God, these young guys are really showing up. <laughs> 
for this yeah, race. And considering Michigan is one of the fastest tracks on the circuit, these guys were out there doing it. Yeah, it's amazing how like we sit here and talk about this every once in a while, about these young guys coming up and the older guys are just kind of there. It's like one week, these young guys are there. And then the next week, it's like, you know, a lot of the older drivers kind of like come in and go, oh, hold on a second. We're still here too. We ain't dead yet. And uh, But I kind of like it, I'll be honest with you. As a fan, I, I kind of really enjoy it. Well, I mean, here's the thing. When we talk about young guys, you have Kyle Larson, who pretty much is just winning. He's a winner. You have Ryan Blaney, who's just discovering how to win. You have Chase Elliott, who hasn't won yet, but clearly it's there for the taking once he figures it out. You also have Eric Jones, who hasn't won, but, you know, he's doing well. For this race, mm-hmm. he finished in P12. And then yeah. you have Daniel Suarez, who finished in 24th. And I think with Daniel, he just hasn't figured it out. But I give Daniel another year before he gets it together. Now, what's right. interesting is that we're always talking about Blaney, Elliott, Jones, Suarez, and Larson. But we never really talk about those Dylan boys. And we forget yeah. that both Ty and Austin are young as well. Now, ironically, Austin's already won a race. Ty, mm-hmm. I don't know what to say about Ty. I just kind of feel like he's just not a factor. In fact, he came in P20. So he came in 20th place at Michigan. So he finished the race, but I don't know. I'm not saying he's never going to be a winner. I just don't think he has what his brother has, whatever that is. Right. And I think it's just one of those things where you, where you look at a, at an athlete and you look at yourself and go, okay, does this athlete have that it factor? And I'm kind of with you. I just think maybe Ty just doesn't have that it factor like Austin does, but you know what? We've been surprised before about things and who knows? Ty could just come out of nowhere and just start winning races for all we know. But uh, look at Ricky Stenhouse. I mean, there's a perfect <laughs> example. You know what I mean? So anything can happen, you know? Yeah, well, I just, I don't know. It's just an interesting thing with the Dylan boys. Like, I like Austin. I don't really know much about Ty to like him or not like him. So I guess I'm indifferent when it comes to right. Ty. But we'll see mm-hmm. how it all unfolds. So let me just stay on these young guys. I don't know if you even heard or read, but Tony... As in my man, Ladies Love Smoke, Tony Stewart. Tony loves Kyle Larson. And when a guy Mm -hmm. like Tony Stewart loves you, you the man. Because Tony, we already know, he angry. He don't like too much of anything. But he does love him some Larson. And in fact, Dale called Kyle Larson the modern day A.J. Foyt. That Mm -hmm. is a huge compliment for someone like Dale Jr. who's connoisseur of the history of NASCAR to say something like that. He literally said that he is a modern day AJ Foy, you know, slash Tony Stewart. Yeah. I think it's a huge compliment when two drivers on that kind of a standard of just being up there a NASCAR level says a compliment like that about you. That, that is just huge for Tony Stewart to say he really likes you. And for Dale Jr. to just call you somebody like A.J. Foyt, I mean, you can't get any better than that. I mean, wow. We're not in the playoffs yet, but if the playoffs started today, just really quickly wanted to give you the standings. Larson is number one, and he is only at the top spot 
by five points because Martin Truex Jr. is not too far behind him in the second spot. Kyle Busch, on the other hand, he's in the third spot, but Kyle Busch is pretty much 130 points back from the leader, Kyle Larson. Kevin Harvick is in fourth and Chase Elliott quietly is in fifth. Now, what's so interesting about that is that Kyle and Truex have both won two races. But as we talked about earlier, Kyle Larson and Truex both are the king of the stages. Like, I mean, first of all, Truex Jr. is just the king period of stage racing because somehow, someplace, some way, he is always at the front when we hit a stage. And when we go to the next stage, he wins. So that's pretty interesting. But going back to the very beginning of the show where you talked about Kyle Larson becoming Jimmy Johnson, Jimmy has three wins this season. Mm -hmm. But guess what? Jimmy is only eighth in standings. And a lot of that is because Jimmy just started winning a stage race. I think last week was the first time he ever won a stage. Yeah. So it really seems like the key is just winning these stages. I mean, it's almost like, so you want to race, big deal. You know what I mean? Yeah. But Chase it's hasn't like, won how many a race. stages have you won? Chase hasn't won a race, but yet he's in fifth in standings because he's consistently come in top five, top 10. And I believe he's won a fair amount of stages. Yeah, Not a fair I, amount, I, but I do believe he's won a few. Yeah. One, yeah. one thing I've wanted to jump in and talk about since we kind of talked about Tony and I just love talking about Tony even though Tony ain't racing we still talking (laughs) right did you catch up I know you've been partying all weekend at EDC but Renee did you catch up on any of the news apparently Tony Stewart my man he mad he mad at the debris caution right if you didn't watch the race I'm sure you know by now NASCAR threw what many believe to be a phantom debris caution towards the end of the race, which pretty much stopped the race, put us under caution, and then we had to restart. And I think it was actually that restart where Danica and a couple of people got into it. But saying all that to say, Tony Stewart was mad. He was like, what is this? You know, I'm sure he was using a lot of cuss words that we didn't know about but i honestly felt it coming i was like oh nascar is gonna be some phantom debris i swear to god i thought that and sure enough it was a debris caution now in nascar's defense it actually was debris but the problem is is that a black plastic bag blowing on the track is that worth stopping for there was also a straw hat on the track And NASCAR has said something to the effect in a nice little video of the competition director, I believe he was talking about it. He said that the hat would have incinerated, so there was no reason to call a caution. But if that's the case, I don't know. Why would you call caution for a black plastic bag that's blowing in the wind? Yeah, I know that uh, they were saying that, you know, it's always them trying to get the cameras on any kind of debris to see if it's something that can create a problem or endanger safety for the drivers. And I understand Tony Stewart's frustration, uh, and especially because two of his drivers obviously didn't get to finish the race. Uh, Clint Boyer slammed into the wall and Danica Patrick as well. And I understand that that's frustrating, especially for Tony being a co-owner of Stewart Haas. 
but then I, I can also understand why they try to throw these cautions out. And, and you know, even Dale Jr. was uh, a little upset about the whole thing, too. So, Tam, you know, this is just NASCAR doing another thing of just frustrating things as drivers and fans look upon this and just go, man, what are we doing? I think a lot of it, too, is that Tony and Dale Jr., for that matter, are more old school. So for them, they're like, what? What is this? Like, let's just race. Yeah. And I have to agree with them. I mean, I can understand you stopping if there's a fox or a rabbit or a squirrel, but I don't know, a a black bag? Like, how many times have we watched races and debris gets on the grill and the drivers just deal with it? They figure out a way, whether they're drafting with another car to get behind the car to get the debris off. Yeah. I don't know. Well, on that note, let's move on because Tony actually, he had a lot to say on Twitter about his thoughts on the debris. And there was another driver who also had a few things to say on Twitter. But ironically, this was not a cup driver. This was Elliot Sattler, who was a little bit teed off. And if you guys don't know Elliot Sattler, he is an Xfinity driver. He was a little teed off about the fact that the press didn't interview him. Did you get a chance to catch that? You know what? I did not see that tweet, Tam, but that's pretty interesting. Elliot tweeted directly to NASCAR on Fox and said, I don't understand. I finished third and leading points and you don't have time to interview me. And he put in quotes, you don't have time to interview me, but interview people after me. So he was clearly upset because Fox, and I'm assuming based on his tweet and the fact that he put it in quotes, that somebody said that they didn't have time to interview him, but yet interview some other people. And he brings up a good point. He is the points leader and he finished third. So why don't they have time to interview him? Yeah, I don't understand that either. I mean, I think if you're in that situation, I think you have to interview him just because he's there and he's leading points. I I don't understand. I I would imagine that that's like not interviewing Chase Elliott or Kyle Larson or Martin Truex Jr. I mean, why wouldn't you interview that person? That brings up a good point because I actually saw some other fans. And again, this is Xfinity, not Cup. But I saw some people chime in and say, you know, something to the effect, well, yeah, that's just like they always interview Dale Jr. and He ends up in a garage each week. I actually like Elliot. I don't follow the Xfinity series as closely as I follow Cup, but he's a main player in the game. So why wouldn't you interview him? Even if he had a bad day, why wouldn't you interview him? Well, luckily, Dave Moody over at MRN Radio, he chimed in a day after and said, not sure what radio you were listening to, but we talked to Elliot and the rest of the top five yesterday. And that was in reply to a few people that tweeted today. And then Elliot chimed in and said, yes, MRN Radio interviewed me yesterday. So that was great. I don't even think this is an ego thing. I just think it's almost like, how dare you not interview me? And I'm in third in terms of I finished third and I'm the points leader. And again, I don't think it was ego because I would have felt the same way. And it's not an ego oh, thing. Oh, yeah, I, it, didn't, it certainly didn't come off as an ego thing anyway. I think it was just more like, hey, you know what? Just a plain and simple offensive kind of thing where, I, hey, look, you know what? <laughs> I'm the leader here. You know, what's the deal? 
Yeah. So, okay, we're coming to a close on this show. We're moving pretty quickly. We need to talk about our fan comment of the week. And we also need to talk about some predictions because we are at Sonoma. We are at Tams, as in me, talking about myself in the third person. We're at one of my least favorite tracks because I don't like road courses. Right. I don't know. I don't think you like them either, Renee. I'm not I'm not that big of a huge fan of road courses, but you know what? What are you going to do? They're going to race there either way. So Exactly. I'm actually supposed to be going up, but I'm not quite sure if that's still going to happen. I don't know why I get so confused when it comes to Southern California versus Northern California. It's not that far, so I may still drive up, but then it is too late to catch a plane. I'm not quite sure what I'm going to do. But all you need to know is you may or may not hear or see Tam on the track this weekend in Sonoma. Okay. If you do, follow us on social media. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Turns No Breaks. You'll know if I'm at the race because you'll see the photos. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but if I'm not, you probably won't know until we talk about the race next week. How about that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Great. Okay. So really quick, and I say really quick a lot, not that I'm rushing the process. You can't rush NASCAR when you're talking about it, but I'm going to say it again really quick, jumping in our fan comment of the week. So this week's fan comment comes from a driver. And as we have said before, drivers are fans of the sport as well. Yes, they are. This comment comes from your favorite driver. Mr. I think is he 16 time fan favorite? I think mm. no. Is I don't know how many times he's won. It's been a lot. Well, nonetheless, Dale Jr., he t- simply tweeted, I am with a question mark and a funny face. I don't know if it's a sad face, but it's not a happy face. So we'll say it's a right. funny face, but not as in funny, but as in Indifferent. I think it was more. It was an indifferent yes, exactly. face. <laughs> yeah. Can you have an indifferent really, emoji? Like, yeah, because some right because sometimes those emojis, I'm like, Whoa, what does that mean? I'm like, okay, whatever. Well, Dale tweeted, "I am," and that was in response to a couple of things. The first thing was Adam Stern. He tweeted at Dale Jr. talking with Fox Sports and NBC Sports about joining one of their broadcast teams per industry sources. And this is an article that is posted on sportsbusinessdaily.com, which is a sports business journal. And someone chimed in, and I'm not quite sure what was he thinking, but he chimed in and said, oh no, he's so awkward behind the mic. Okay, ironically, nobody caught the tweet. A lot of people retweeted, favored, and even commented on the original tweet from Adam Stern, but nobody really caught the tweet from this guy, Tucker Boo843, where he writes, oh no, he's so awkward behind the mic. Nobody caught it except Dell Jr. Because Dell Jr. responded and said, I am. And then he had the indifferent emoji face. Right. I'm sorry, but Dell Jr is not awkward in the booth. In fact, yeah, I feel I, like Dell is at his best when he's bumping his guns, running his mouth and talking SHIT. Yeah, you know, and that's why when I read the tweet, I was like, like, is this cat like just being sarcastic or did he really mean it? And because I was trying to figure out like how it came across. But you know what? I think either way it goes, the last thing is Dale Jr. being 
awkward behind the microphone. I mean, it's just totally stupid and, and just not true. I mean, we all see Dale Jr. live on Periscope every single time after the race is over. I mean, the last thing he is is awkward, especially behind the microphone. He may be fidgety because I say that every week, but he's definitely not yeah. awkward. In fact, he's a pleasure to listen to. And I actually think he's going to be better than Jeff Gordon. If you go back to oh, our first season, oh, totally. I had a lot to say about Jeff Gordon in the booth. In fact, I compared Jeff Gordon to DW. I said it's like beer and wine. You want to go to a bar and put some beers back with DW. With Jeff, you're going to Sonoma to wine country to have a glass of wine, yeah. you know, and champagne. They're just two different people. And on that note, interesting enough, I jumped over to the NASCAR Reddit board and so many people have so many things to say about Dell Jr. in the booth. But all that came out is that he needs to replace DW. I personally disagree. And a commenter wrote this. DW offers a lot of history in the booth and not that Jeff Gordon can't offer the same kind of history, but DW's perspective is just a little bit different. And I appreciate his perspective and his old schoolness, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally makes sense. I think now which network should Dell go to? I don't know. I, I love the guys at Fox because although most people think Michael Waltrip is a clown and they think DW is old, I actually like that they're fun. NBC, yeah. uh, I mean, I do miss ESPN. I miss Marty Snyder talking about NASCAR on ESPN, but I don't know where Dell should go. He should stay on the well, track, really. But since he has to go to the booth, I guess, I don't know. What do you think, NBC? Well, I think, honestly, I'm not sure where I want to see him, to be honest with you. But all I know is that just having him in any booth is perfectly fine for me. As long as I can see him and hear him, I think that'll be great. So I don't really have a preference of what uh, what network he goes to. Well, I actually think this is the last week of the coverage on Fox. So we'll get a chance to see NBC for the next couple of weeks and we can better assess whether or not Dale belongs at NBC or at Fox. Okay, so we're going to jump into some predictions, but I forgot to mention one thing before we jump into predictions and it just, speaking of Dale, made me think about it. There is a really cool video of Dale Jr. on NASCAR.com breaking down drivers that he thinks that you should watch in 2018. And believe it or not, most of the drivers that he mentions are all the young guys. Of course, he has Larson, Blaney, Chase, Suarez, Jones. I don't recall him mentioning any of the Dillon brothers, which is ironic. He may have mentioned Austin, but I'm not sure. But he also had Jimmy Johnson on his list and one or two other established drivers, veteran drivers. But his list pretty much consisted of the older drivers. Interesting. Oh, wow. So Dale Jr. weighed in and he gave explanation on why you should watch each driver. So check that out. That's posted on our Twitter account. And it is also posted on our Facebook account. So let's jump into some predictions. Yeah, let's do that. Look, I ran out. <laughs> okay, oh. that was real corny, but hopefully you guys laugh. Renee? Right. No kidding. <laughs> it's time for Tam and Renee's Race Predictions. Renee, who well, you got this week? We are in Sonoma, so let's uh, pick some Sonoma winners. I'll be honest with you, and I know I try to go with this cat every once in a while, and and, not, and I haven't gone with him a lot, lot, but uh, 
you know, I always go off of vibes. And uh, I'll be honest with you, gosh, and it's going to sound weird coming out of my out of my mouth, but I see Matt Kenseth winning this race this week. Don't ask me why, but I, I just got a feeling that uh, your quiet assassin is is going to pull off this W and and go home with a checkered flag. So I see Matt Kenseth winning this race, and as my dark horse, I'm going to be honest with you, I think I'm going to go with Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch, rowdy. Yep. Okay, well, yep. give you a quick Sonoma history lesson. We only run cup races at Sonoma. The Xfinity guys are over at Iowa Speedway this week. And historically, we've only run one race a year at Sonoma because nobody likes road courses. No, just kidding. But yeah, so we run, <laughs> we, we run, we run one race a year and our past 10 winners at Sonoma 2016 was my man, Tony Stewart's last year, but he went out like a champ because he won Sonoma, which ended up putting him in the chase last year. Kyle Bush, 2015 and 2014, Carl Edwards was your winner. And we are waiting on the edge of our seats for Carl Edwards to return to NASCAR. 2013, Martin Truex Jr., 2012. My other guy, Clint Boyer, 2011, Kurt Busch, 2010, Jimmy Johnson, 2009, Casey Kane, 2008, Kyle Busch, 2007, Juan Pablo Montoya. Wow. Wow. No real patterns, at least not with the current drivers. Tony Stewart right. is a three-time winner at Sonoma, and Jeff Gordon, who's no longer racing like Tony, is a four-time winner. If you really think about everything I just said from 2016 to 2007 for the past 10 years or from 2007 to 2016 there was a different winner every year so there is no patterns to be had at Sonoma because those road courses are anybody's races so on that note because it's anybody's race I think I'm gonna go with Clint Boyer wow I think I don't really see any of the young guys winning the road courses. So I'm going to go with Clint Boyer and not really quite sure about Harvick on a road course, but I'm feeling like Harvick is waiting in the wings to do something. Is it going to be Harvick for sure? Then? <laughs> um, Actually, I'm going to go with Clint Boyer as my winner. And actually, I'm not even going to go with Harvick, although Matt Kenseth is pretty much becoming my every week thing. I'm going to go with him, my quiet assassin. Who did I say? Clint Boyer to win and Matt Kenseth as my quiet assassin. There you have it. Wow. There you go. Those are our predictions. And who are your predictions? You can let us know on our social media. You can find us on Twitter and our Instagram account at Turns No Break. So please look us up. Uh, Tim, I always love doing this show because it's one of the things that uh, we always like to say that uh, this is a podcast for fans, by fans. And we always appreciate you guys listening into us each and every week. So for Tim and myself, we thank you for listening and we will see you here next week. Bye bye. Thanks so much for tuning in with Tam and Renee. 